Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and we're about to take a wild ride into the lesser-known side of rodeo life. While the biggest names in rodeo are out in the arena entertaining us all, these are the stories of the people behind the scenes, supporting them and holding it all together. Unfiltered conversations with the partners, parents, and children of your favorite rodeo athletes on what it takes to navigate relationships, raise families, and pursue careers while the ones they love are out chasing their gold buckle dreams. Whether you're a part of this big rodeo family, a fan of the action, or a lover of Western culture, Companion Pass is where you'll find all of the insights you've been craving. Today we are doing things a little bit differently on the show. I'm sure you can tell by the fact that I'm already laughing that it's going to be a great one. I have got one of my favorite people in the entire universe that is not Sam Hewen. It is my sister, Holly. Um, and I have to tell you, I almost messed up and called you Holly Favor, but you are now Holly Jones. And I don't know why I never think of you with your married name. I think it's because I never think of you in terms of your full name. You're always just Holly in my head. So going to introduce you is difficult. But anyways, thank you for succumbing to your sister's pressure, incessant pressure, I would add, and coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, I mean, one of the reasons, not one of the reasons, the biggest reason that I wanted to have you here is because time and time again on the podcast, we talk about when I'm speaking to my guests, the thing that I'm like, you know, the how do you do it question. And it's always the people, the other people they have in their lives that are supporting them and getting them through or keeping them from being super lonely or just making it so that their lives work. And I think that's one commonality that we all have is this support, this circle of people that support us and lift us up and get us through while we have our husbands or wives, whoever, out rodeoing. Because it really does take that. And you, for me, were that person for so many years. And so I just thought it would be insightful and share a different perspective to have you on and we could talk about that. Oh, I can tell so many stories. (laughs) You could. And that was definitely a thought to me when I was like, Oh, I got to have her on. And I was working so hard to convince you to do it. And then I was like, wait a second. Have I just signed my own death warrant in that she knows everything and could really spill if she wanted to? So I hope I'm on your good side. Well, but on the same, you could do the same for me. So I'll keep it PG. That's (laughs) PG enough. And this should be a slight warning to anybody out there listening that Holly, a few of the funniest stories that Holly knows about me may come with a parental advisory. So just be (laughs) warned as you wait into this episode that it would be a shame not to tell them because they're too funny not to. So consider yourselves warned. Oh, goodness. That's true. I feel like that's like part of being in like yours, but especially Luke's life is like stories usually come with that advisory. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it is so true. It was funny because several years ago, I don't remember what it was. I shared something on Instagram of Luke just being Luke. If you had watched whatever this thing Luke was that was doing, I don't even remember specifically what it was. You would have been like, oh, that's Luke. And probably Luke at like his tamest. And this person sent me a message and they're like, oh my gosh, how did you get Luke to do that? Or I'm like, what are you talking about? He is this way (laughs) all the time. He very rarely takes life seriously. He's joking all the time. 95% of the time, those jokes are really inappropriate. 
And that's just Luke. And I didn't realize just only knowing that side of Luke, that people outside of the immediate relationship with him thinks that he's like super serious, all business. I mean, that couldn't be further than what he really is, right? I can't even imagine super serious all the time. (laughs) Like that is like, I feel like maybe there are like times when the NFR wasn't really going how you wanted it or something. We saw little glimpses of that and we were always like, oh my God, what's like it was like jarring. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Which is so funny. And I guess maybe that's it. He's really good at playing professional, but in day to day life, he's very unserious. And that's one of the things we love about him. Although I think I love it about him more than (laughs) you do (laughs) because you are often on the receiving end of much of his nonsense. I don't know. I feel like the one time I did see serious Luke was when I thought, I would compliment him by dressing up like him for Halloween. I felt like it was only appropriate that if I was going to be Luke Braquino, obviously I needed to wear his clothes. So right. go into the closet, put on all of his clothes. His one at the time, he only had one outfit that he wore. It was, it was like a cartoon closet that you see where it's the same outfit like over and over and over. That's what his closet yeah. looked like. So I grabbed that. In order to make it fit, I had to add pillows to it. Logically, right? I'm like a hundred pound girl. He did not think that was funny. No. And you and I were laughing our heads off. I'll never forget him sitting in that stupid chair he always sat in the living room. You and I were like beside ourselves in hysterics because we put you in his literal clothes. And you're like the size of his leg. You are a tiny little person. And so we put you in his actual clothes. It's not like we just got you a black shirt and some baggy jeans. You were wearing his actual clothes. And so we stuffed you with the pillows and you came out and we thought that he would like get a laugh out of it too. And he did not think that was funny at all. (laughs) I feel like I mastered the booty shake in that too. He did not think that was either. Oh, that was so good. Speaking of these stories, so this is funny. And this is one of those things you would think maybe Luke would not think was funny, but he ended up thinking it was pretty hilarious. Is I think we have to go back to the beginning of you coming, Luke coming into your life. Let's say it that way, because the beginning was pretty hilarious. Yeah. You were the first person. I met Luke on like a Thursday or something. And then I drove from California to Flagstaff and I met you and dad in Flagstaff at the rodeo. And you came, you rode back with me back to Prescott from Flagstaff. And I told you then that I was going to marry him. And you remember that. So, I, I mean, it was like days later I told you I was going to marry him. But at the time, and you were young. Like, how, how old do you think you were? Two, how old were you in 2000 and whatever? I was 14. Okay. So you're pretty young. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, what, 18 or 19 at the time. So I'm telling you about him. And at the time... You were what I would affectionately call incredibly gullible. Like you would believe anything I said. And like any good sister, I really just took advantage of that weakness. And so I would tell you things all the time. And my stories over the year got like increasingly more outlandish because I would just see how far I could take it and that you would believe things. So I'm telling you about him like over the coming weeks, how much I like him. And then I finally was like, it's, there's this thing about him that he doesn't really tell many people, but I'm going to tell you, it's embarrassing. We go through the whole thing. And you're like, okay, what is it? I'm like, he only has one testicle. And I'm telling you how he really opened up to me and told me this thing about <laughs> him because he thought I should know if you're getting involved with me, here's this thing. 
And you were just like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. I'm like, I know you were so sweet and so pure hearted. You felt so bad for him. And I was like, you're like, how did it happen? I'm like, it was an unfortunate steer wrestling accident. (laughs) And so then I leave it like I've got my laugh about it, whatever. And then I forget that I've told you that Luke has only got a single testicle. Fast forward years later, I forget that I've told you this lie. And then years later, five years later, I get pregnant with Cade and I'm pregnant for a little while. And I just remember sitting there and you laughing and you're being like, it's good to know that one still works. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And you're like, his one testicle. And it it didn't make a difference. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Holly, Luke is sitting there at the table and he's, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I also have to tell you something. And so in that moment, both you found out that he does in fact have a full set. And <laughs> Luke found out that for the last five years of our marriage, you had thought that he wasn't only operating at half capacity. And that was hilarious. In my defense, I just preferred to think it as I'm very trusting of you. And I probably would have given him a lot harder time for those five five years if I had (laughs) had known. You were always just being kind to him because you're like the poor guy. He's been through so much. (laughs) Lindsay, stop giving him a hard time. He's got some shortcuts. (laughs) He probably wished that I never would have told you because then he would have, you would have continued to just handle him with kid gloves for the rest of the time. The other story, and this was probably the only time that I have ever seen Luke embarrassed. Honestly, I get embarrassed all the time. I'm just like my constant state of operating is like low key embarrassment. And Luke is never embarrassed ever. And the one time I can ever in our life remember him being embarrassed was I think we were not engaged yet, but Luke and I were seri- finally like seriously dating and we were at the Tucson rodeo and you <laughs> came down with dad and dad had only met him. I want to s- say one time. Now, I don't even know if he'd met him. Was that the first time he met think dad? Do you remember? Tucson, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. So you and dad come down rodeo's over and Luke is like on his best behavior. He hasn't used a single cuss word in two hours. I don't he's about to unravel. He hasn't made one dirty joke. Nothing. He is like on his best behavior the whole time in front of dad. In true bulldogger fashion, like five other bulldoggers come, which I'm so glad they did to witness Luke's humiliation in this moment. (laughs) But we all go into the restaurant. We're seated at this big table and we go to sit down and you sit on one side of the table and I sit on the other side of the table and I watch Luke sit down next to you. We sat down first and then he came back up and then he sat down to me, but we were across from each other. So I thought that was really weird. Yeah, and I did too. And I'm, I watch him sit down next to you. And I was like, wow, he really is trying to like be very respectful of dad. Like he's not even going to sit next to me. I think my dad knows we sit next to each other at this point. And I'm like, okay, he's really trying to keep his distance and be appropriate. And so there was a moment and then and dad was sitting on my side of the table. And then there was this moment where I see him reach down and then he looks at me and there's this like, moment of realization on his face where he was like what is going on he looks at me and then he looks at you and he goes oh my god I thought I was sitting next to you that's your sister and he's like I literally almost just grabbed her leg under the table it was so funny it really was like a movie in that moment you could tell he looked at me and he was like seeing double because he thought he was sitting next to me and it was really (laughs) my 14 year old sister there and (laughs) not me 
at all. And it was so funny. We all had a very good laugh about that. I still like oh, to remind God. him of it occasionally. That was funny. Oh, that was best. And seeing dad laugh at that. Oh, that probably <laughs> best thing that could have happened to him because it, it brought him down a notch. Like it. Yes. And a little bit of humility right there. Oh, that was good. That was great. But getting back on track, embarrassing and funny stories aside, I do want to talk about the little bit more serious side of this. And you came out and you lived with us for a few years. And it was really like off and on several different times. You'd come and stay for a little bit and go. But you really saw so much of the reality of what I was going through as, I guess, a rodeo wife or having a husband who rodeoed all the time. I think like I was telling you earlier when we were talking about it, I think so often when you're in the trenches, in the thick of living, of life, especially when you're going through something that's challenging, we don't always have the perspective to be able to see things as clearly or in the same way as the other people in our lives kind of watching it from the outside. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious what your perspective was of that time well that's really hard because I was so young for so much of it and like I was kind of just learning and exploring life a little bit myself Mm -hmm. but I also had really only I feel like when you're immersed in rodeo you don't really see which is maybe kind of what you're saying like it's not the normal rodeo life is like not like anything else and it's crazy that we put ourselves through so much of it and I was kind of rodeoing here and there too but it was just kind of like that's just what you do like there was no other option he was just gone and you just you know were at home and then had young kids and you're just like well he's just gone (laughs) so you just kind of feel a little bit like I was in that trench with you not in the same way but like it was just kind of pull up your bootstraps and you do it (laughs) There was no question or anything like that. And I think it was a huge dedication for you. And we were really all just Team Luke so he could go and be successful in it. And I think of that time as it really being like the height of what we were going through because Luke was gone so much of the time. We're not talking about a couple weeks here and there. He was gone for months. And also having at the time two really young kids and Then I, in that same time period, also started my business and just all of that. It was like, it really is just survival mode. And so you truly were just like there in the trenches with me. And in so many ways, like trying in whatever way you could to fill his absence or like the void left by him. And you were doing a lot of the things that like he would have been doing if he had been there. Yeah, I think that like I I said, we are a team Luke and that's true because really his end goal was all of our end goals. But in that, we, at least for me, it was, I was there for you. Like you were my priority in a sense. Like I was there to support you in getting his end goal. Does that make sense? But really it's about you, not him. So, I mean, you saying right there, like how you're team Luke and you were really there to support me. One, I just want to say like to me as your sister, I was so thankful for all the time. 
And it was really obvious to me, but also something that I think that is important to touch on because you being a little bit more removed, you weren't somebody like one of Luke's brothers or his parents who were supporting me in whatever way they could because they were a little bit closer to Luke and maybe had a little bit more skin in the game, I guess you'd say, is that that was really obvious. Whether Luke succeeded or failed, it didn't affect your life. It didn't impact your life, good or bad. You didn't really, it shouldn't have mattered to you. Obviously, because it mattered to me, you wanted the best for him, but it also, you weren't supporting him because you got anything out of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It was, I see that and maybe even it's more apparent to me even now being on the other side of it, but that was just really selfless of you. And I am so thankful for you, not just for keeping me sane during all of those times, but for really appreciating what you did, knowing that you weren't getting anything out of it. I mean, I did have a place to live for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So I got good quality time with you and the boys when they were so young growing up and all of that stuff. I mean, I loved it. I wasn't selfless in it, but especially now having my little one. I knew you had a lot like to do with kids. <laughs> I knew it wasn't easy, but God, it's hard. There's a lot like you, you had a full plate and I knew it at the time, but I think now I just have even more appreciation for it. And it's like, if I had fully knew how hard it was, I probably would have done even more for you. <laughs> Like, I feel like, oh, I thought I helped, but really, I didn't get up in the middle of the night and help you. You know, like those yeah. those things. You had a full plate, and you, you did it with grace, really. And we had our Luke bashings, you know, yeah. for good, good measure here and there. And when you needed to vet on things or stuff like that, like, we were always your team. Like, it was yeah there for you to get you through however you needed to so he could be successful and, and have the yeah. he, he had. He couldn't have done it otherwise. We have a lot of good memories out of it. And you've been just as good as sister to me in return. Like I enjoyed the time together and we have really good stories from it. (laughs) We do. That's one of the things, though, that you just said there is that we keep saying you were Team Luke by association. But really at the toughest moments or at the parts of life that were the most challenging for me in terms of him being absent. Everybody in our lives, friends, family, extended family, extended friends, like the circle just it's like ripples, just goes out and out, was kind of Team Luke. And that is awesome to have that kind of support as a person who's going out and doing what he did and trying to accomplish the things he did. He had so much support and he will absolutely mention that anytime someone asks how grateful he was for that and how much it helped him. But I think that me being his wife, when everybody ever and everybody, which I think you can attest to, is Team Luke all the time, you sometimes just need somebody who's like Team Lynn. Oh my gosh, am I gonna cry? Dang it. <laughs> and you and like Jen, who me and Holly were talking about need to have her on sometime, my best friend, my soulmate. But that having you guys and knowing that Sure, you were Team Luke and wanted the best for him, and so you were willing to do what needed to be done. But that you guys were just Team Lindsay, and that I came first to somebody. Yeah, 
stop it. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> that was huge because the truth of the matter is that one, I think it's the way that rodeo goes, but two, more specifically, the way that Luke approached rodeo. And he and I talked about this when we were on the podcast is that, or when he was on, is that I really just didn't come first. Rodeo came yeah. first. Yeah. And and that's like definitely a hard pill to swallow when you're a wife or a mom and you want to be the priority. And I talk about accepting that I wasn't, which did make life easier for me in terms of the emotions I was struggling with. But knowing that you were somebody, like you did have somebody just like backing you up. And I was somebody's priority even when it couldn't be him. And so knowing that you were there to constantly be like, give me what I needed before you gave Luke what he needed meant so much to me. And I'm just, I've said in jest several times that people like you and Jen are the reason that Luke and I are still married. (laughs) Well, I think that a certain part of that, and I think that you needed it, was, I don't know exactly how to put it into words, but you needed someone who was in your corner, obviously, you could show all of the hardships and your struggles and of your life and your marriage with Luke at the time and all of those things. You could show those to us and know that we would, of course, still love you and support you, but also still continue to support your marriage and Luke. Yeah. I'm without judgment. Like, I think the... It wasn't always easy. I think dad saw like the best of Luke all the yeah. time, but he could like Luke could do no wrong. We always joked about that. Yeah. We joked right. about how if we ever got Luke and I ever got divorced, he would get custody of dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I think even just, of course, he would love you unconditionally, but even just seeing that admiration dad had for Luke, I feel like you sometimes didn't want dad to see any shortcomings that Luke may have having at the time. I feel like with me and Jen, you could tell us those things. We saw the things and you knew that we got, we understood it completely and we would still continue to support you guys both. Yeah. In any way we could. You're so spot on with that. And that was something that I guess I don't think about as much anymore since I'm in a different place in life. But at the time, it was huge for me is that I knew that there was a lot of things or I was I worried a lot about Luke being judged for some of the decisions he made. And I think in talking now, doing this podcast and people opening up that they sometimes experience that too, just the having to make excuses for why husbands can't come to weddings with you, why you never have a date to any of these things, why they're not making it to every doctor's appointment and stuff. And there's a real sense of wanting to protect them in a lifestyle that doesn't make sense to many people outside of it. Because it does sound just like he's making decisions that are like super selfish and why would he do that? Things like that. And so I really did go, go through that a lot is worrying that I had to always put on a brave face for everybody around me. And so I think that I really kept a lot of people at arm's length as far as the how difficult the day in and day out, the loneliness and everything was. Just another reason why having you and Jen was so invaluable that I could just be honest and it gave me a place to just embrace the vulnerability or my weaknesses and that things 
were hard. You, I didn't have to be tough all the time, which mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah. And I think just to be understood a little bit too, it's probably a big thing. And we knew how much you internalize things anyways. So sometimes it was just even our job just to be there and make the most of whatever situation and, and have fun while you could and all of those things too. Yeah, which is a huge part of it. Your spouse or whoever that's rodeoing leaves, but life goes on. And for years, I put, I I just paused my life. I didn't do much living when Luke was gone. And this is before you you came out and were staying with us, but mm-hmm. I just didn't do anything. And right. that's one of the bigger regrets that I have now is it feels like time that I wasted when I could have been doing something. But he left. And so time kind of stood still for me. I just didn't do anything. And then having you come out and then, of course, having the boys was a a catalyst for it, for sure. But I felt like I got to live a little life. I had some people around me and in my circle that I could go do the things that I never, that I just didn't do for so long. And that was another huge thing for me. Yeah, I think especially those early years, I had more of like an outside looking in view on your life there. I mean, I was still so young. And still in high school and stuff, so I couldn't come out there. But, you know, like, remember you coming and visiting or there was a rodeo in Arizona he was coming to. We'd go, you'd come out and see him and then you got to see us too. But I could see from that side looking in the struggle that I I knew you were going through when I really got to spend more time on the inside part of it was you raising babies and all of that stuff. And, yeah, it was a lot of, like I said, you did it with grace, but it was not an easy task and you did a good job with it. I think, you, I mean, we all knew you had a really good support system. You have a good family, me mostly. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Luke has a really good support system. But like I said, I think in a great family and they were always willing to jump in and help and close. But I think it was most important that you had someone that kind of could understand your side of it and look at where you were at first before Luke, because that didn't happen very much. Yeah. I wonder, and you can be (laughs) completely honest here, (laughs) but I wonder if because you had such an inside view of what I was going through and the way that Luke and I's relationship was, and this is not, he and I talked about it when he was on the podcast for sure, And about how rocky those first few years were and how separate he and I's lives were. And you really saw that. In fact, it's funny. It's really funny to me now thinking back. But you saw how just absent he was from my life and how the kind of distance that he kept me at, like how I was very little a part of anything Luke did. And I can remember you staying with me and it was right after Cade was born and you were there. And it was right around the time that we started to see this like huge seismic shift in the way that Luke was and the way he treated me and approached our marriage. And we had just moved and he did something. I will never remember what it was, but he did something and then walked out of the room. And I just remember you looking at me and we shared this look like wide eyed, what's going on? And I just clearly remember you saying, why is he being so nice to you? (laughs) 
And I was like, oh my gosh, you noticed it too. I don't know what's going on. He's been like this for days now. And we were both just, this is so strange. Was it like invasion of the body snatchers that it was this totally different Luke than we knew. And it was like this change that he made. He's continued to grow certainly over the years. But at the very beginning, it really felt like this like light light switch flipped. Yeah. And he was totally different. And I still don't have a rhyme or a reason. I don't know if he was drugged. I don't know if this really is the real Luke or if something else happened. I don't care if it's a new one. I'll take him. But all this being said, my question is that since you saw all of the difficult things, was it ever hard then when he would come back around and we'd just be happy or we'd go to the finals and he'd be successful? I don't think that there was any resentment or I didn't feel like for maybe lack of a better word, like competition or feeling like he'd swoop in and something like, and they really felt like that. I think mainly because that's what kept me in his corner and keep giving him chances is because I saw how much you loved him, regardless of all of the things that was hard for you. You you guys were also really young when you got married and had a lot of living and learning to do, I think, separately. And then also together and then you like do that with like this perfect storm of other really hard things and I think it was just really hard growing pains for you guys for a while but I think those higher points when he would come back and have those great moments and seeing you just love him regardless of that you never really changed like I could always see that part of you it was all just really love at the core of it, no matter how hard it yeah. was. Um, when you first told me about him and made me watch NFR tapes and showing me <laughs> that, <laughs> that was who you liked. Very taken back because when you described this guy to me, that's not what I thought he looks like. Telling me that you're going to marry him and having pink vests and blue or no blue vests and pink roses. At your wedding. This was a whole thing for a while. But yeah, that giddiness in you and like deep love and admiration for him was always there. And so I think that that's what kept me still wanting to give him a chance, even all the hard stuff that you went through. I was hoping that he'd come out that other end and you guys could have more of those moments than less. And so. I think that's why I never really turned on him. I can see that. And we we kind of say that jokingly. But as a sister, obviously, your loyalty is to me. I try to put myself in that position of how I would want to protect you or how it would be hard not to feel sour towards somebody if you didn't see them always being given what they needed. And so I think that was really big of you. And I guess I just feel thankful that I had enough people supporting me and seeing me and I guess seeing maybe some of the sacrifices or things that I was going through that helped get me to the other side because I feel like where Luke and I are at in our relationship now and the marriage we have or have had for a while now is what made all of that difficult stuff worth it. And I don't know that I would have gotten to to enjoy this part of him and our marriage if I hadn't had people like you supporting me through it. You would have. It just been a bit harder. I think your stuff would have crap. <laughs> you have gone through it. It would have just been a lot less enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> you did certainly make it enjoyable. The other thing I want to talk about 
is you. So in the midst of all this, I determined at some point, because obviously our family's in Arizona, I had been living in California, I came up with this incredibly brilliant plan that I needed to find you somebody to marry who would be in California (laughs) so that you could be closer to me. Because nothing is more important in finding a life partner than it working out for your sister. So I enter into the chat Blaine Jones, who is the sweetest and most adorable and wonderful husband. I don't have a crush on him, I promise. (laughs) But you guys meet, which I will take most credit for. Cade, our oldest son, would also like to take credit for setting you guys up on your first date and suggesting he take you to Hawaii for that first date and also hometown buffet. Yes, I need to keep you grounded. But you and Blaine start dating. I want to, I, I wonder if at any point when you're dating Blaine, who was also rodeoing at the time with Luke some, did you ever think I've seen firsthand what it's like loving a rodeo cowboy? Do I even want to venture down this path? Did that ever give you pause or like second thoughts in that you saw that it wasn't easy? That's a good question. No, no, I don't think that thought ever crossed my mind. I think at the time when I met him, I was going really hard. So I had to bug and I was thinking that's what I was going to be doing for, you know, a while. And I don't think, like I said, when you're in it, you don't realize how crazy you are. You know it to an extent, but it's not until you're removed from it and you get to sleep through the night instead of driving 12 hours to the next place. That you're yes. like, oh, I'm really going to get to sleep through the night. <laughs> like, why did I yeah. do that? Yeah, for some reason, no, I didn't ever ponder that. But maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to learn from my mistake. <laughs> Actually, I'm totally glad you didn't because, and I think part of this goes back to, there are similarities that we all experience in being married to a rodeo cowboy. But so much of it has to do with just who they are and how you experience that, for sure. And Blaine is a very different guy than Luke is. I just went with the opposite. Just still a California wrestler. That's the only thing. (laughs) No, he has like a sense of he loves rodeo and I think he would love to do it forever. But a certain sense of and I don't mean this in a bad way. Anyone else who doesn't do this, but like he will put anything else above in front of himself or what he really just wants so he doesn't really have that same selfish rodeo is all that matters which i think is what we've talked about it takes to be really great for some people i think blaine just has he has a different perspective on life and and i think what you're trying to say is he never got that rodeo tunnel vision yeah rodeoing if you're going to do it professionally like all in it's not a lifestyle that it lends itself to balance at all you really have to not have to but it's one very easy to and two a, a certain amount of success comes from putting your blinders on and rodeo gets the best of you for sure it gets the most of your energy it gets the most of your attention your focus 
all of that. And I think for so many guys that love rodeo or girls too, just rodeo athletes, but when you're in the thick of it, it is so easy to forget that anything else exists. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that as like an excuse to any of those times that Luke was so off balance, but it's I understand it. I do for sure. And and I'm sure you do too because you were just talking about your time rodeoing. But I think that is one of Blaine's great qualities is that he had that love for it. It definitely, you know, has a piece of Blaine's heart, but it was never like the end all be all for him. He was still able to maintain that perspective that is it's so hard to keep a hold of and see that there were bigger things in life or just other ways to be happy. I think that so many times in rodeo, you put all of your happiness hinges upon what happens. You're at the mercy of whatever happens, which is a really crazy way to live because you have so little control over anything that happens in rodeo. And yet we like every everything hinges upon it. And I think that's a great quality for him to have. And I see that now, like with the way he puts you guys first and now little adorable Marco first, like a great dad, being a great dad and a great husband are what is most important to him. Yeah, I think that he, Blaine doesn't do anything halfway. So it wasn't really an option for him to continue ro- rodeoing with one foot in, one foot out type thing. And or in anything, he, he doesn't like doing that. But he is a really well-rounded person. And I think he is very cautious and logical, which let's be honest, in rodeo, logic isn't always the first <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's also no, not, you have to be a little illogical in order to yeah. be the most successful. <laughs> yeah. So while he had all the love for it, and he did go all in for a while right before we got married and then for a year or so after we were married i think he just his sense of like duty and responsibility and and because he's so well-rounded he knew he wanted something else to fall back on if that wasn't an option and then when truthfully what kind of changed his course was when dad passed away and he realized I needed him and he needed to not be gone just rodeo and so there wasn't really a conversation of do you need to stop rodeoing or not? I never would have asked that of him. But his just amazing sense of just selflessness and duty was, I need to go and make a logical living <laughs> to support my wife. Right. He just did it without asking. It's been a big change of our life that we didn't really expect, but I'm grateful for him for it. That It has given me stability and he's just always that person I can always rely on. And I'm grateful for that because that that was something that was important for me to have someone like that in my life. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely showed up for you in a lot of ways when you needed that, which I'm thankful to him that my sister has somebody like that in their life. I wonder if going back to when the two of you were dating, did you ever experience any of the like feelings or emotions or situations that you had seen me experience? Did you ever find yourself going through something and being like, oh, I saw Lindsay go through this same thing? Or, and did it help you to deal with it if you did? I don't know. That's another question. I don't, there's not one thing that I can think of that pops up I could relate to. There's just all the rodeo parts of it where 
was a little bit more double-sided when we were dating because Mm -hmm. I was doing it just as much or I had for so long had kind of lived that that kind of traveling never one place long bouncing around like I had lived life that way for so long and everything no matter who I probably would have dated would have been long distance so it was just all the normal like hard to live long distance do a relationship but it wasn't anything new it gets tiring like anything does it has its own ups and downs and downfalls but it also let us live like a full life of adventure and doing the things checking the boxes of the things we both wanted to do and I think we both really supported each other and like you do your dream I'll do mine that was important to us just to support each other in that but like anything else it has its downfalls but I don't think there was anything that I saw a red flag like oh no (laughs) headed down the wrong road (laughs) (laughs) okay good um I wonder I mean we've talked about it a little bit but I mean obviously you rodeoed as well and I find that even though the time that I spent really rodeoing like out on the road was now a very long time ago it has a way of like really rooting inside of who you are and changing you. And I think that's why you see guys that are 60 years old and they're like, back when I rode you, it's still like the glory days because it really does. It's that weird thing that we can never explain about like why we all still do it. But I wonder from your time rodeoing, one, do you feel that way that I'm describing? But two, if you do, in what ways do you feel like your time rodeoing formed or changed who you are what you think your beliefs the way you view the world any of that oh my gosh that's a lot of weight on rodeo I feel like (laughs) you're like absolutely not I've forgotten (laughs) about it sometimes I don't even remember that I rodeo (laughs) um no I feel like for sure there's the glory days it's totally ingrained I think in who I am honestly right now probably my relationship with rodeo is a little bit harder and I think it's similar to like you have explained you had to go through after having to kind of remove yourself from it and give your dreams up for supporting Luke but mine kind of is connected to dad passing and because rodeo was so much the core of what we did with dad like I mean it's the only reason we got into it really and so losing him had to mourn rodeo a little bit like it's been hard for me to be connected to rodeo and not hurt by losing him does that make sense it does being removed from it when it was like your identity for so long just that in itself is a little bit hard but it really shapes everything I'm so grateful for the years that I got to just travel down the road and dad allowed me to do that and the experiences I have I was never I wasn't going and making the NFR or having huge successes or anything like that. But the years that I spent doing that and the relationships that I grew by meeting people and what they could teach me and just it's such a community that yeah. you just you're you're going to all these crazy places and seeing all the same people. But I think that it, it leaves its mark and it's definitely at the core of it, a 
a part of me and probably always will be. Um, it just will change its its form and how it changes my life and affects it and touches it. Um, like I said, right now, it's kind of a little bit on pause, which kind of hurts in its own regard. But I feel like that it will come around and then I'll be able to do the same things that, you know, with Marco or our kids and seeing Blaine as a dad supporting and going through junior rodeo and all of those things I'm excited to do with my family. I think that was the greatest gift dad could give us was introducing us to this lifestyle. Do you ever think about like how crazy it was that dad was the introduction to it for sure. And like you said, it was so much of just everything we did with him was rooted in rodeo. But he didn't rodeo himself. You and I were the first ones to venture down like a competitive rodeo path. But just how that changed both of our lives, the entire trajectory of both yours and my lives was changed by that decision and really formed by rodeo. If you and I hadn't grown up in it, I, I wouldn't have met Luke. And I certainly would have, wouldn't have married some guy who jumps on steers for a living. I'd have been like, you do what? No, thanks. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go marry a doctor, a lawyer or something. But how great that was that these one little decisions, you can look back on it and see the moment your life like split and took this direction instead of another one. And that's not to say that you and I were ever like forced to do it. I think we loved it and have had our own love for it. And maybe that's why you never had those second thoughts about getting involved with a cowboy is because you understood and loved rodeo yourself. <laughs> like you got it. You got why he felt that way and why the sacrifices and hard moments are worth mm -hmm. it. Yeah, for sure. Gosh, can you imagine if we didn't have rodeo? I, I did plays and I danced growing up and stuff. And I remember in high school, there was kind of that you choose a past that I had to make because rodeo just takes so much time and you can't really half do it or yeah. it's so hard to do that and other things. So I kind of had to decide, do I want to continue dancing and doing that stuff or do I want to put myself in rodeo more and I'm glad I chose rodeo because and I think my love for animals and all of that definitely fed that <laughs> all the crazy and everything it's definitely takes its hold on your heart and, and always kind of has that place in it yeah the other thing that you were just talking about there is how this was a thing that we always did with dad but also that even when you and I both started rodeoing professionally like when we think about it in terms of this podcast, like he was our companion, like he was the one always holding our companion pass and going with us. And that's one of the things that I've really tried to explore and would love to do more of is how many people it are involved in getting somebody down the road. And for you and I, when we were rodeoing, it certainly wasn't our husbands. It was dad going with us. And I think that's one of the things that I'm always thankful to rodeo for is the moments and just time and memories that it gave us with dad, which since since we lost him have just felt like an even more precious gift is that so many activities you do as kids, like you're not with your parents that often. You're out on the field with your team or whatever, but we just think about how many hours we spent in the truck with him going. He'd haul us everywhere. <laughs> my gosh. Like just the hours sitting there in the truck in oh. silence or just experiencing different parts of the country together or the opportunity. And now I think about that with my kids 
And I'm like, I want that. I just want to be with them because time starts to feel so fleeting as your kids get older. And I'm like, gosh, I want to hold on to those moments and make those memories the same way that dad did with us because like, how lucky Um, are we? Yeah, for sure. He been the times that like when we got older that he wasn't with us and you know, you get yourself into some wreck and he's 2000 miles away and you don't know how to get yourself out of it. And what do you do? You call dad. That's surely 2,000 <laughs> miles away. He can help you change that tire. Like he, yeah, always, absolutely. he always found a way to help, even though he, but he was always the first call or the first thing that you thought of when you couldn't find the rodeo grounds. So you can call your dad, who's never been to this fairgrounds ever in his life. <laughs> this is how amazing he was. And <laughs> you can tell him what like stop sign you were at and he could somehow navigate you to this place just he could always find yes. a way to help even when he was way far away he was always there and I think his love for the sport like he truly had a love for the sport that he like you said he never did himself but he just had this true love for it and then his love for us yeah. combined I think that's part of what gave us the passion for it, too, was just that combination of those two. Yeah. Do you ever think about this? Because now that, one, I think I'm older, and two, a mom, I sometimes think about, like, all right, like, when I left to go rodeo on my own, I was, like, I was 18 years old, and I think that's Cade in three years. Like, no chance in hell. I'm like, yeah, sure. Here's a truck. Here's a rig. Take three horses and drive across the country. Let me know when you get there. And I just think dad was, he was definitely protective, always wanted us to be safe, be smart, all of that. But he also was, gave us so much freedom to just go and chase our dreams. And I think back on that now and I think like how much he must have trusted us and believed in us and what an awesome gift that is to give, particularly to a daughter in, in just in terms of feeling capable, like you can do this. It will be hard, but you can do these things. You can be independent and resilient and how that really served me in greater areas of my life outside of rodeo is him instilling that in us right like it's terrifying as a parent now like what in the hell were you thinking I feel like he thought we were way more capable than we were I don't know what he was thinking but I'm really glad he saw it and he had that faith in us because it's so true like some lessons we had to learn the hard way but you know that was probably the only way I was going to learn it. Or his faith in us and his confidence in us really was a really an amazing thing. And I think helped us to shape what we've done with our lives. I think his confidence in us built over to make ourselves more confident or yeah. Like I said, you could just call him even when you weren't sure. And even though yeah. he couldn't physically be there to help with any part of it, he could somehow let that confidence spill over and find a way to help us um, so we could get through it. And then the next time we'd be able to do it a little bit more on our own. That was an amazing trait that he had in all aspects of raising us. I never really like thought I couldn't do something. It was, he just had this way of it was like, if you want to do something, you can do it. You, ha- you might have to work really hard for it. But it's not going to be easy. But like, there's nothing you can't do. And he just had this really 
calm yet effective way of instilling that in us. I sometimes wonder if he was as confident in himself as we think he was. Like we saw that. But yeah, yeah. you said being such a young single dad to three girls, but he always still seemed to make it look so easy and he always seemed yeah. confident and it probably didn't hurt that he was six nine and had three girls he did have some, some cute little daughters running yeah. around that weren't <laughs> afraid to go find some cowboys <laughs> oh it's so true i do think that it was important to him for us to find good strong men that would take care of us and love us the way he did and he did that yeah absolutely i think a lot of that he did by example, because I think each one of us has, it's been such a blessing, but each one of us has found someone, a, a man, a husband that in the end has a lot of the same qualities in dad and that they're all honorable and honest and good providers and love us really unconditionally. <laughs> We're so lucky. <laughs> so at the end of every episode, I usually ask guests for like their favorite rodeo moment or memory, but because I know you have some, I'd like for you to either share your like most embarrassing <laughs> rodeo moment or memory, because I can't ask every other guest this, <laughs> or like one of those stories we were just talking about of some pickle, some rodeo pickle you got yourself into where it's like, how am I going to get myself out of this so I want one of those kinds of stories oh my gosh those are so bad there's too many of them well there was the time I ran my truck out of fuel that was that was a that was a special one me and my friend Katie she was helping me drive and I think we were headed to Oregon and it was on the long stretch and she she settled in to nap and she woke up about the time I was passing a gas station and she said don't we need to stop for fuel and I was like yeah we'll stop up here there was no other place to stop. <laughs> Where were you guys at? On the 80 somewhere, I think. I can't remember where exactly. She probably remembers exactly. And then we, so when we run out of gas, we're about like five miles from a place I can see. I was trying to get there. <laughs> so we start walking and this nice couple with a minivan pulls over and asks if we want to ride. <laughs> what did we do? Heck yeah, we hopped in the minivan. No, you didn't. <laughs> and then we get there and this other, they had no gas cans there. So this other very sketchy people, but nice enough, asked us if they had a gas can we could use. So they we filled it up with diesel and head back. We were smart enough to go with the couple, but these other people followed us there to make sure. With a couple with a minivan waited for you? Yeah, they were going to take us back to the car. But then the... Other like diesel guys, they made sure that we got back to our truck. And I almost run it all the way out that we had to prime it and everything. But luckily, we got it all started and we survived to tell the story. So yeah. that's the important part. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I so didn't call dad during that time because I, I thought I'd be in really big trouble. I would say so. Wait, so when afterwards after the minivan couple took you back and you refilled did you then tell dad that you had gotten in a van with strangers no I'm, did you ever tell him no i'm pretty sure that's one of the stories i never told him that was smart good <laughs> move yeah yeah kind of like the time that i rode your horse bareback in silk <laughs> and we didn't tell dad about that either 
I think we were just laughing over the top of that so hard that in case you didn't hear what she just said, she said that one day we, her and I went out to feed and I put her on my barrel horse bareback with only a halter and she was wearing like silk pajama pants and he took off with her a little bit and she went flying off at the back catch pins when he ran down there and stopped and she like literally flew off. And I just remember you landing on your butt slash back. You still had the lead rope in your tiny little death grip holding on to it. And the entire time I was laughing my head off. What was I thinking? That was not funny. That was that should have been horrifying. And then you and I just laughed. We definitely did not tell dad. It was maybe we keep this one to ourselves. But that's one of the things I think back on now that now I get the severity of how unfunny that was putting your little sister on. Throw a horse like that, but we thought it was a, a great time at the beginning. I had rope burn on my hand from holding on to that lead rope. <laughs> You're really resilient. I love that both of these stories just have to do with basically their near death experiences for you. <laughs> and we're now we can laugh about Thank them. You. Thanks so much for being here, whether it was voluntarily or on, only semi voluntarily. This was really fun for me, and I'm really thankful for you all the time, but also for everything that you have done for me. You're a pretty great sister. Thanks. Here, make me blush. Well, that's another great episode under our belts, and I'd love to hear what you thought. Share your favorite parts, something that really hit home or inspired you, or just share with others so they can know where to find us. It's the best way for you to cheer on these amazing people whose stories we've heard. So head on over to Instagram. Be sure to tag Companion Pass, myself, and today's guests with your greatest takeaway from this episode. Thanks for being a part of our rodeo family, and we'll catch you at the next one. 